just before communion at weddings and funerals and also at Masses on Christmas and Easter, I make the following announcement. I say, at this time, all practicing Catholics in good standing are invited to come forward if they wish to receive the Lord in Holy Communion. To those who are not Catholic, we certainly welcome you here on this special occasion. I cannot offer you communion today, but I do invite you to come forward if you wish to me or to one of the other priests or deacons at this Mass. Come with your arms crossed over your chest in this fashion, and I'd be happy to give you a blessing today in the Lord's name. And that invitation also applies to Catholics who know for some reason that they should not receive. Many of you have heard that announcement. Some of you have heard it quite often. In all honesty, my brothers and sisters, I hate having to say that. I really do. The reason that I and many other priests feel the need to give this instruction is, quite frankly, because during the last 50 years, many of our brothers in the priesthood have failed to tell their people the truth and instruct them properly. In their desire to be, quote-unquote, nice guys, these priests have told certain men and women that it was okay for them to receive the Eucharist when it was definitely not okay for them to do so. Some of them have even gone so far as to invite unbaptized persons to receive communion at Catholic weddings and Catholic funerals. Those of us who make this announcement do it because we care. We do it because we want those in attendance at our Masses to do the right thing. And many do appreciate the guidance. I've had a number of non-Catholics, for example, come up to me in recent years after these liturgies and they say, Father Ray, thank you for what you said. Thank you for giving us that instruction. We are never sure what to do in these situations and no priest has ever given us any guidance on the matter in the past. Generally speaking, generally speaking, it's been my experience that both Catholics and non-Catholics who are truly serious about their faith, they appreciate this instruction. Whereas Catholics who like to pick and choose which church teachings they're going to follow do not like what I say. And every once in a while, one of those in the latter category will write to me a letter or an email expressing their disapproval for example, recently somebody wrote the following to me in an email. He said, Father Ray, please reconsider your comments before communion at funerals. Frankly, they are offensive. Jesus would not have been so uncharitable or insensitive. When I responded to this person and indicated that what I say in my announcement is rooted in the teaching of sacred scripture, the Holy Bible, especially St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, another man who received my response wrote back, obviously for Father Ray, it's all about doctrine, not compassion and understanding. It is also an element of elitism, 
It couldn't be further from what Jesus preached. And I'm sorry that St. Paul couldn't see that. But after all St. Paul went through, I can cut him a break. I'm glad I didn't say that about St. Paul. I have the sneaking suspicion he would not quite agree with the assertion that he had misinterpreted Jesus. And by the way, if Paul did in fact misinterpret our Lord, then that means your God, my God, our God is schizophrenic. We call the Bible the Word of God, do we not? That means that the teaching of God in the Gospels cannot contradict the teaching of God in the rest of the New Testament, including the letters of St. Paul. But that's not the reason I mention all this today. The reason I mention this situation, and specifically these two letters, in the context of this homily, is because in each case, the author claims to be able to discern infallibly the presence of Christ and his teaching. The first man made that point when he said that Jesus would not have been so uncharitable or insensitive as I supposedly was. The second made the point when he said that my remarks couldn't be further from what Jesus preached. I get the sense that these men think that they understand the teaching of Jesus Christ better than Jesus Christ understood the teaching of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was much more humble. He was much more humble in his assessment of himself, as he indicates in this Gospel reading that we just heard from John 1. Here was a man, John the Baptist, who understood that his individual discernment was not infallible. He admits very candidly here that when he first encountered Jesus at the Jordan River, he did not realize that he was in the presence of the Messiah. God had to make that fact clear to him. And the Lord did. As John says here, I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, on whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. God always provides a mechanism to clarify these things for us as he clarified things for John. This, in fact, is precisely why Jesus established a church and why he established that church on the rock of Peter. Our Lord knew how easy it would be for people, even good people, sincere people, to misunderstand and misinterpret his words. He knew how easy that would be for us to do that. Our individual discernment, and I include myself here, is never, ever infallible. But the discernment of the successors of the apostles, in union with the successor of Peter, is infallible when they speak together, officially, on matters of faith and morals. The individual discernment of many Christians today, including the two men I mentioned earlier in my homily, that has actually resulted in the creation of an imaginary Jesus. There are many people today who worship an imaginary Jesus, a false Jesus, a Jesus who is nice, 
all the time. A Jesus who never offends anybody. A Jesus who ignores sin. A Jesus who pretty much approves of anything and everything we do and say. In looking to themselves as their final authority on matters of faith and morals, these Christians forget some very important things. They forget that the very same Jesus who said, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. The same Jesus who said that, and a lot of other nice things like that. That same Jesus also called the Pharisees hypocrites and blind guides and whitewashed tombs. The very same Jesus once said, how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. That same Jesus once said, if your right eye is your trouble, if that causes you to sin, tear it out, rip it out and throw it away. That same Jesus also said, unless your holiness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of God. That same Jesus once made a whip of cords and drove a bunch of greedy money changers out of the temple one day, yelling at them, my father's house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. And they call me insensitive and uncompassionate for giving people a few guidelines at communion time? Compared to Jesus Christ, my brothers and sisters, I'm a veritable pussycat. Meow, meow. I really am. We all need discernment as we seek to follow Jesus in this life. We all need, in other words, to be able to recognize the presence of Jesus and his voice and recognize his teaching when we hear it. But if we want to follow the real Jesus, the Jesus John the Baptist followed, the Jesus the apostles followed, then we need to seek the guidance, the direction of the church that he established. That's why the most important book for any Catholic to own, besides the Bible, is the Catechism, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. If we own a copy of the Catechism and then actually consult it, for spiritual guidance and for answers to our questions, then the Lord will guide us in our discernment of his will. As he guided John the Baptist 2,000 years ago in recognizing and following the Messiah. We will understand what God wants us to believe. We will understand what he expects of us. We will understand the difference between right and wrong. We will understand how to get on and how to stay on the road to heaven. And we will understand why Father Ray and other priests sometimes make the announcement they make at Mass right before communion.